If lightning is the anger of the gods, then the gods are concerned mostly about trees. Lao Tzu. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Violin Vice. I am John John. And I'm Adi. Hello. And if you haven't already, please hit subscribe, leave a comment, or a review. All these wonderful things really help get our podcast known to many people, and I really appreciate it if you would do so. Plus, you know, kind of want to hear your opinions about stuff. Yep, and if you could give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great, too. So... John John, mm-hmm. are we covering Greek gods today with the we, lightning quote? We we aren't. Oh, okay. Maybe, sort of, kind of, not really, maybe. Maybe. Not specifically. Oh. But today, we're going to be talking about a strange phenomena that happens, like, pretty re- well recordedly, but... Also, is still pretty much unexplained. It's the ball lightning phenomena. That's cool. This is kind of like Tesla esque too, with all the I know, right? Oils and everything. Very far. I know. I thought it was great. And I mean, like it's just something that has been recorded throughout much of history. And we still can't replicate it or try and simulate it in any way. At least not in like a fully pure way like it seems to happen. Plus, it's just a crazy thing. I mean, just a ball of lightning. It's just crazy. But, if you allow me to explain. Well, ball lightning is one of the best known natural phenomena that few have seen. Like tornadoes, hurricanes... Like dirt devils, dust devils, that kind of stuff. People have seen those pretty regularly, but not a lot have seen ball lightning. But most people have heard of it. And until recent years, most scientists remain skeptical about ball lightning in general. Like it seemed more myth than reality. But nowadays, ball lightning's street cred among scientists is stronger. But it's still the case that most of the images that you see online purporting to be ball lightning are just overexposed images of ordinary lightning. But in fact, no expert we asked on this website called EarthSky could point us to an actual image of ball lightning in nature. Well, since the time of early Greeks, Zeus, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hottie, Noise, noise, noise. There have been reports of small balls of bright plasma-like light moving over the ground and then vanishing. The explanation still eludes scientists for the most part, although various explanations have been offered, and now there is a potential new answer based on previous research to this baffling mystery. Now, this research has been published in a new peer-reviewed paper 
in July 2019. So it's like one if there's a paper that's peer-reviewed, that means many other people have either concocted the same experiments or like done the same calculations and got the same answer. Basically uh, like a scholarly source. Yeah. Now, it's in an issue of the journal Optic by Vladimir Torchigin from the Russian Academy of Silence. Got them Ruskies in there. Now, as the name suggests, ball lightning has often been thought of as a form of lightning, but that might not actually be the case. It might not be true lightning, per se. A previously proposed hypothesis by Torchigan had suggested that these weird orbs are simply light trapped inside a sphere of thin air. But the new paper now expands on that idea and proposes physical parameters for how these things might exist. So, like, it's not just like somebody blew a bubble and there's, like, light inside of it. It's like there's possibly something that actually would cause it to be contained just out of random stuff, probably not. But Torchigan had previously suggested that the light balls consist of photons, which is light particles. The elementary particles that are basic units of light. So that's how most people would like measure how strong light is and stuff like that would be like how many photons are coming from that light source. Now, ricocheting inside an air bubble of their own making. So, like, the photons made the air bubble. Now, his hypothesis is based on the premise that as any particles absorb and emits electromagnetic radiation, like electrons making things warmer, there is a recoil referred to as the Abraham-Lorenz force, which I don't know what that is. Sounds interesting. Like, Abraham and Lorenzo discovered it. I I honestly don't know, but if you're a curious type like me, maybe you want to look up the Abraham Lorenz force. It does sound like quite the crime-fighting duo, though. Like, I can see a buddy cop come out of that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Now, light spilling from a lightning strike causes air particles to jiggle as they absorb and transmit electromagnetic radiation. So, a lightning... Like, a ball of lightning is likely caused from lightning in this theory by, like, really irritating air particles near the lightning. These forces are normally very small, but could be be amplified under the right conditions. It's generation of a thin thin layer of air that refracts the light back on itself. Now, the thin layer of air would resemble the film of a soap bubble. Like, it's not somebody blowing bubbles, it's lightning making bubbles. Slight difference. But I still like the idea of just, like, a bubble with air, with stuff in it. Now, this bubble could... I know, it's cool. But, like, this bubble could focus light like a lens. When the light is intensified enough, air particles would get shoved into an outer boundary, where the film of the air just bubble where photons could be concentrated for a second at a time. Now, some of these embryo bubble-type things would fade away again quickly due to a lack of light or a bubble surface that isn't completely closed. And the ones that did last longer would be what we would call ball lightning. So, 
it technically it wouldn't happen and like there's just little like as soon as it's made it's popped type bubble but sometimes the bubble stays now the hypothesis is a combination of previous assumptions with physical models that pins down the light density and air pressure required to produce such light focusing bubbles so like the right barometric pressure plus how strong the light is from the lightning that gets to that point now is that the complete answer will not yet there are some details it doesn't explain yet such as a case in china a few years ago where a ball lightning was reported after a lightning strike the event was captured on a spectrograph which i think measures like uh the light spectrum that is emitted if I'm getting that right, right? There's some unit of measurement, and depending on how much of that unit of measurement is emitted, it falls on mm -hmm. the color spectrum at a certain color. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, like purples and reds, I believe, are really low on the frequency where other colors are higher. Mm -hmm. Like, because we only have a certain range of vision or whatnot. And I think it's photons, but I'm not 100% sure. But I just know, like, it falls on a spectrum... Mm -hmm. that it's measured and that produces the or that measures the color mm -hmm. like i think that's how they can determine what like the core element of stars that are really far away are because based on what element is in there will produce a certain light yeah so i think that's how that works but so scientists were able to obtain a breakdown of its electromagnetic spectrum from the spectrograph it may also not explain the sulfurous smells sometimes reported by these things. Like, they would have, like, something that smells like rotted eggs type thing. Instead of, like, burnt ozone that you would normally get from lightning. But it could lead to experiments that would either confirm or debunk this latest proposal for how ball lightning works. And... Ball lightning has been reported for centuries, since ancient Greeks, but it has been, like, documented probably, I, I wouldn't say it would be as far back as Greeks, because they, most of their documentation is more like something written down after it's already been said for a while. So, nothing like hard documentation of it, like we would once the newspapers and actual print has come out. Now, they have been seen during electrical storms, naturally. Hence the early theories that they were simply a different form of lightning. They usually disappear after 10 seconds, quietly, but sometimes a bang sound can be heard, and they have even been observed to pass through closed windows. So some think that it's just like a storm spirit in some of these places. Isn't the bang sound just the, the thunder from the lightning before that? Uh, it could be, but some say, like, once it pops, like, when, like, the sound of an explosion, not so much thunder, comes with it. You will, we'll find out more when we go into some of the recorded cases, but don't worry. Okay. There is another theory from the University of Canterbury, uh, engineer John Abrahamson, suggested that ball lightning could be the result of vaporized ground material being pushed up by a shockwave of air. So, like, when it's on the ground, it could be something like that instead of just floating around like a bubble. It could be both, possibly. But the vaporized silica condenses into nanoparticles. 
So like super, super, super small. And microscopic particles with at least one dimension less than 100 nanometers. So basically down to its atom, instead of like being connected atoms. It's almost like silicon gas. And is bound together by electrical charges. So this is sort of a mix of physics and chemistry with a lot of this stuff. So if you're following along so far, I'm proud of you. I like it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and it glows hot due to a chemical reaction between the silicon and the oxygen in the air. And that's why they could be possibly even different colors, which we might also have some things coming up. But three basic features of ball lightning were described in the 1970s by Stanley Singer. The duration, the floating motion, and the sudden disappearance all he, need to be accounted for by any proposed theories. Did he also sing songs? I hope so. I kind of want to hope that he's just like someone who was really into these things, but he like loved karaoke. Maybe not great at it, but he loved it. Like that is my picture for him, but I don't know enough about Stanley Singer to actually go into that. <laughs> but... Now, one of the earliest documented reports of ball lightning is from a stormy Sunday in uh, 1638. A parish church in Devonshire, England, went up in flames as a result, and some of the people were inside were killed. There have been thousands of sightings since then, so this would be where like it exploded and ended up causing fires and stuff like that. Ball lightning, or something similar at least, has even been created in the laboratory, sort of. But it's not fully, like, can't prove that it is ball lightning. But in a study from 2007, published in the journal Physical Review Letters, researchers at the Federal University of Pernambuco in Brazil used electricity to vaporize tiny wafers of silicon. This created blue or orange-white spheres the size of ping-pong balls that hovered around for as long as eight seconds. That's cool. But yeah, so, like, it's... It could be that, which supports the second theory. But maybe it's something else completely different. Or it's part of the two different things that I, I say it could be possibly both type thing. Bottom line, ball lightning has long been a mysterious phenomenon the explanation of which has eluded scientists for hundreds of years. But thanks to the continued research of scientists like again, it seems like the answer to this puzzle may finally be close at hand. Now, now that we have a decent understanding of what ball lightning is and what it could be, I'm going to read some historical accounts. Some of these are short, some of these are long, some of these have quotes, some don't. There's a lot of variation of where they're from, so pronunciation of names and locations could be brutal. I cannot wait. Well, then we'll start off with Great Thunderstorm of Widecombe in the Moor, which is in, like, an actual town. Widecombe in the Moor. Like, there's dashes in between those words. It's crazy. Is One early account. More? I hope so. I can't exactly pull it up real quick to prove it, but still. 
One early account reports the great thunderstorm at a church in Widecombe in the Moor, Devon, in England. So, like, that's the county, Devon. On the 21st of October, 1638. This is the church that we were talking about before, but with a little bit more detail. Four people died, and approximately 60 were injured when, during a severe thunderstorm, an eight-foot ball of fire was described as striking the entirety of the church, nearly destroying it. Large stones from the church walls were hurled onto the ground and through large wooden beams. The ball of fire allegedly smashed the pews and many windows and filled the church with a foul, sulfurous odor and dark, thick smoke. So it doesn't exactly seem like lightning. No, but if you wanted to know where it is, it's about five hours south of Peniston. Oddy. <laughs> Geography. I don't want to know why you know where Peniston is. It's in the UK. Okay, it's the favorite town names in the UK. Okay, not to steal one in crimes, <laughs> thunder, or anything, but ever since they've done the geography bit with everything in the UK centered around Peniston, it has been my favorite bit that they do. That, so. I kind of forgot about that. Yep. England has a lot of towns named really wacky things, and that is, like, one of my favorite things. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, to get away from Peniston, the ball of fire reportedly divided into two segments, one exiting through a window by smashing it open, the other disappearing somewhere inside the church. So this is something that also might come up a little bit more, where they split and go separate directions. Because of the fire and sulfur smell, contemporaries explain the ball of fire as the devil, or as the flames of hell. Later, some blame the entire incident on two people who had been playing cards in the pew during the sermon, thereby incurring God's wrath. So... I wouldn't want to be one of those two people who were just playing cards in the pews. But that's the account of the great thunderstorm where that happened. Now, different one, different time. This one's from the ship. In December of 1726, a number of British newspapers printed an extract of a letter from John Howell of the sloop Catherine and Mary. So it was like one ship, but it was called Catherine and Mary. It quotes, As we were coming through the Gulf of Florida on 29th of August, a large ball of fire fell from the element and split our mast in 10,000 pieces. It were, if it were possible at all, split our main beam, also three planks of the side, underwater, and three of the deck. Killed one man, another had his hand carried off, and it had not been and had it not been for the violent rains, our sails would have been of a blast of fire. Like that is a quote which is kind of crumply in terms of what English is now. But essentially Ball of Fire came down, blew up their their mast, 
which split the main beam all the way down. It even cracked some of the planks on the side of the ship, as well as some of the, the planks underwater. And like it sort of like did a lightning strike all the way through the mast, but it was a ball first. And yeah. It, if it weren't for like the planks under the water and like on the side of the ship, so like Matt, the mast is usually center of the ship. I would just assume that the lightning hit the mast and then that the people that died were like standing in a puddle since they said it was raining next to the mast. So like the lightning traveled mm-hmm. through them and then blew off the one guy's hand and then the other guy died. Yeah. That's what makes sense. That would make sense, but it was described as a large ball of fire. Yeah. That did this, which is somewhat concerning. Now, this one is another one, also on a ship. Like, one particularly large example was reported, quote, on the authority of Dr. Gregory in 1749. Admiral Chambers on board the Montague of the 4th of November, 1749, was taken in observation just before noon. He observed a large ball of blue fire about three miles distant from them. They immediately lowered their topsails, but it came up so fast upon them that before they could raise the main tack, they observed the ball rise almost perpendicularly and not above 40 or 50 yards from the main chains when it went off with an explosion, as great as if a hundred cannons had been discharged at the same time leaving behind it a strong sulfur smell. By this explosion, the main top mast was shattered into pieces, and the main mast went down to the keel. Five men were knocked down, and one of them very bruised. Just before the explosion, the ball seemed to be the size of a large millstone. And, yeah, so sort of a commonality between the last two. Yep. Can I just say I love things named Montague? I do, too. Like, so much. Like, it's not used enough. No, it's such, like, a regal name. And then, also, just because I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately, every time you say ship, I just keep on thinking of the she- the sea shanty. Uh, there once was a ship that went to <laughs> sea. And I do find that song quite catchy. Yeah. And I've heard, like, a lot of, like, parodies of it. But... I think Gabby even sent me, like, a Trailer Park Boys version of it. That's hilarious. I know. I'll have to send you some. But otherwise, some more accounts. Yeah, no, that was cool, though. Like, and it seemed to travel weird, but that, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. But still, like, mast. Yes. Like, that seems to be where it heads to. But this one did explode. And I don't think it, like, it didn't mention if it was raining or anything before that. So I don't know if it just came out of nowhere or if it was raining. I'm thinking there would be some sort of storm. But still. On to the next one. A 1753 report recounts lethal ball lightning when Professor George Rickman of St. Petersburg, Russia, constructed a kite-flying apparatus similar to Benjamin Franklin's proposal a year earlier. Richmond was attending a meeting of the Academy of Sciences when he heard thunder and ran home with his engraver to capture the event for posterity. 
while the experiment was underway, ball lightning appeared, traveled down the string, struck Rickman's forehead, and killed him. The ball had left a red spot on Richmond's forehead. His shoes were blown open, and his clothing was singed. His engraver was knocked unconscious. The door frame of the room was split, and the door was torn from its hinges. From that account. So somebody who's like in Russia is just like, Oh, Benjamin Franklin just did this. Now's my chance. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm all setting it up. What's that? Why is it on the iron? Just did. Yeah, it's not great. No, it doesn't sound like it. Kind of a worst case scenario because nobody even knew it would happen. Yeah. All right. Next one is an English journal reported that during an 1809 storm, three balls of fire appeared and attacked the British ship HMS Warren Hastings. The crew watched one ball descend, killing a man on deck and setting the main mast on fire. A crewman went out to retrieve the fallen body and was struck by a second ball, which knocked him back and left him with mild burns. A third man was killed by contact with the third ball, and crew members reported a persistent, sickening sulfur smell afterwards. So the sulfur is a pretty constant thing with all of this. Yeah, it sounds like it. But yeah, three of them at once. Instead of just like one large one. So this is it's getting weird. And also this next one, it has a name that Audie, you are going to love. Yes. This person called Ebenezer Cobham Brewer. Ebenezer, oh my gosh. Cobham. Like it was a name. It wasn't just like Scrooge is a unique person, but it was a, it was a name. Yeah. People forget that. Yep. I miss the old-timey names. They were always so unique and, like, grand. <laughs> like, I think there's a little bit of class that's missing from it now. Yeah. I, I wish there was more. But you're not going to find those on any souvenir item or anything? Definitely not. But in Ebenezer's 1864 U.S. edition of A Guide to the Scientific Knowledge of Things Familiar... He discusses globular lightning. He describes it as slow-moving balls of fire or explosive gas that sometimes fall to the earth or run along the ground during a thunderstorm. He said that the balls sometimes split into smaller balls and may explode like a cannon. That's where, essentially, that was like the first like analysis of ball lightning. But I had to mention it because even though it wasn't like an actual account of it... The guy's name's Ebenezer, and I kind of had to. <sighs> Fair enough. Now, this one is a little lengthy and kind of a bit of a mix of stuff with it, but with Wilfred de Fonvielle. In his book, Thunder and Lightning, translated into English in 1875, French science writer Wilfred de Fonvielle wrote that there had been about 150 reports of globular lightning. And it is said in his book, Globular lightning seems to be particularly attracted to metals. No surprise there. Thus it will seek the railings of balconies, or else water or gas pipes, etc. 
It has no peculiar tint of its own, but will appear of any color, as the case may be. At Cothin in the Duchy of Anhalt, it appeared green. M. Collin, vice president of the Geological Society of Paris, saw a ball of lightning descend slowly from the sky along the bark of a poplar tree. As soon as it touched the earth, it bounced up again and disappeared without exploding. Meanwhile, on 10th of September, 1845, a ball of lightning entered the kitchen of a house in the village of Salonac in the valley of Corrèze. This ball rolled across without doing any harm to two women and a young man who were here, but on getting into an adjoining stable, it exploded and killed a pig, which happened to be shut up there, and which, knowing nothing about the wonders of thunder and lightning, dared to smell it in the most rude and unbecoming manner. That was just his judgment of those people, like, curious as to what that would smell like. The motion of such balls is far from being very rapid. They have even been observed occasionally to pause in their course, but they are not the less destructive they are not the less destructive for all that. A ball of lightning which entered the church of Strasund on exploding projected a number of balls which exploded in their turn like shells. So that's Wilfred de Fonvielle's take on globular lightning. Now, this next one, though technically he is a very high authority on this, I wouldn't say it would be credible high authority, for sure, as people in their position are just like, my word is law. This is Tsar Nicholas II, the last emperor of Russia, reported witnessing what he called a fiery ball while in the company of his grandfather, Emperor Alexander II. He says, Once my parents were away, and I was at the all-night vigil with my grandfather in the small church of Alexandria. During the service, there was a powerful thunderstorm. Streaks of lightning flashed one after the other, and it seemed as if the peals of thunder would shake even the church and the whole world to its foundations. Suddenly it became quite dark, a blast of wind from the open door blew out the flame of the candles which were lit in front of the iconostasis. There was a long clap of thunder, louder than before, and I suddenly saw a fiery ball flying from the window straight towards the head of the emperor. The ball, it was of lightning, whirled around the floor, then passed the chandelier and flew out through the window into the park. My heart froze. I glanced at my grandfather. His face was completely calm. He crossed himself just as calmly as he had when the fiery ball had, had flown near us, and I felt that it was unseemly and not courageous to be frightened as I was. I felt that one had only to look at what was happening and believe in the mercy of God, as he, my grandfather, did. After the ball had passed through the whole church and suddenly gone out through the door, I looked again at my grandfather. A faint smile was on his face, and he nodded his head at me. My panic disappeared, and from that time I had no more fear of storms. So it didn't explode or do anything, but it came in through the church. 
just flew around and did a bunch of stuff and then just bolted out the window. Meanwhile, these two extremely important men in Russian monarchy saw it and essentially were like, the grandfather was just like, well, I guess this is going to happen. Meanwhile, Nicholas was like, there's a fucking ball of lightning in here. How are you calm? But still. Yep. Yeah. I I mean, one guy's calm and then the other one's freaking out, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it seems kind of like something that may have been fabricated a little bit to make it more like... Like, I am a chosen one by God type thing with that. Yeah. So I'm not sure how credible that whole thing is, in fact. But there probably was a a thing of ball lightning. Because, I mean, you don't want to make the emperor look bad. But you also want to show that you can grow, I don't know. Political stuff. Now, this next one is from somebody I had covered earlier through the season. Of all these episodes we've done, this one's from Alistair Crowley, if you remember that episode. Nice. It was a great episode. Well, in this report, the British occultist Alistair Crowley reported witnessing what he referred to as globular electricity during a thunderstorm on Lake Pascani in New Hampshire, United States, in 1916. He was sheltered in a small cottage when he, in his own words, noticed with what I can only describe as calm amazement that a dazzling globe of electric fire apparently between 6 and 12 inches in diameter, was stationary about 6 inches below and to the right of my right knee. As I looked at it, it exploded with a sharp report, quite impossible to confuse with the continuous turmoil of the lightning, thunder, and hail, or that of the lashed water, and smashed wood, which was creating a pandemonium outside the cottage. I felt a very slight shock, in the middle of my right hand, which was closer to the, to the globe than any other part of my body. So it's... He sighed, he exploded, he felt a tingling in his right hand, kind of played into his, like, I must be doing something right, or like, the gods have given me a power type thing. Yep, as one does. Now this last... Large account is by R.C. Jennison. Now, Jennison of the Electronics Laboratory at the University of Kent described his own observation of ball lightning in an article published in Nature, the magazine, in 1969. He says, I was seated near the front of a passenger cabin of an, of an all-metal airliner, Eastern Airlines Flight EA-539, on a late-night flight from New York to Washington. The aircraft encountered an electrical storm during which it was enveloped in a sudden bright and loud electrical discharge. Some seconds after this glowing sphere, a little more than 
20 centimeters in diameter, emerged from the pilot's cabin and passed down the aisle of the aircraft approximately 50 centimeters from me, maintaining the same height and course for the whole distance over which it could be observed. So this one just showed up after the plane was struck by lightning. They didn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. I've got a little bit less in-depth accounts with some of these, so they might go a little bit quicker. So this one, uh, Willie Lay discussed a sighting in Paris on the 5th of July of 1852, for which sworn statements were filed with the French Academy of Science. Quotes. During a thunderstorm, a tailor living next to the church of the, Fo of the Val de Grasse saw a ball the size of a human head come out of the fireplace. It flew around the room, re-entered the fireplace, and exploded in and destroyed the top of the chimney. That would be kind of a weird night, wouldn't it? Yeah, to have your uh, chimney explode. Well, like, something just, like, comes out. It's just like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. I'll go back. Boom! Just like, well, that was unnecessary. Yeah. In short, that would, yeah, that would just be a weird situation. But also, another one. On the 30th of April, 1877, a ball of lightning entered the Golden Temple at Amritsar, India. And it exited through a side door. Several people observed the ball, and the incident is inscribed on the front wall of Darshani Diodi. So this is like an account that happened way back, and now it's inscribed somewhere. Now, on the 22nd of November, 1894, an unusually prolonged instance of natural ball lightning occurred in Golden, Colorado. Like, the town is called Golden, not that Colorado is just Golden which suggests it could be artificially induced from the atmosphere. The Golden Globe newspaper reported, A beautiful yet strange phenomenon was seen in this city on last Monday night. The wind was high and the air seemed to be full of electricity in front of, above, and around the new Hall of Engineering of the School of Mines. Balls of fire played tag for half an hour, to the wonder and amazement of all who saw the display. In this building is situated the dynamos and electrical apparatus of perhaps the finest electrical plant of its size in the state. There was probably a visiting delegation from the clouds to the captives of the dynamos on last Monday night, and they certainly had a fine visit and a roistering game of romp. I don't think that sounds like a good thing, so a game of romp. This one you kind of lost me here it the balls of lightning were, like, around for a half an hour inside a building? Uh, around the building, not inside of it. Essentially, like, there was, a, like, a major electrical engineering-type building, and during a storm, like, several balls of lightning were just, like, hanging around outside. Okay. But, yeah. Now, a little bit more on the recent side. On 22nd of May, 1901, in the Kazakh city of Uralusk, in the Russian Empire, now Oral Kazakhstan, a dazzlingly brilliant ball of fire descended gradually from the sky during a thunderstorm, then entered into a house where 21 people had taken refuge. 
wreaked havoc with the apartment, broke through the wall into a stove in the adjoining room, smashed the stovepipe, and carried it off with such violence that it was dashed against the opposite wall and went out through the broken window. The incident was reported in the Bulletin de la Société Astronomique de France the following year. So this one just came in and just wrecked shit, but didn't explode before it left. Just was there, did a bunch of stuff, gone. Yep. I feel like that could be something in like a Marvel or like CWDC's superhero movies. It's just like, I have no idea what happened, but like this ball of fire came in, just wrecked the place, went through and just gone out the window. Like, I feel like that could be, like, something they could refer to as, like, something that happened with the Flash. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's just fun to think about. Now, in July 1907, ball lightning hit the Cape Naturalist Lighthouse in Western Australia. But the lighthouse keeper, Patrick Baird, was in the tower at the time and was knocked unconscious while his daughter, Ethel, recorded the event. This is just like a saying, it was here. Now, if you remember really earlier, there's a guy named Lay. He discussed another incident in Biskofswerda. I think that might have been a right pronunciation but in Germany, on 29th of April, 1925, where multiple witnesses saw a silent ball land near a mailman, move along a telephone wire to a school, knock back a teacher using a telephone, and bore perfectly round coin-sized holes through a glass pane. 210 meters of wire was melted, several telephone poles were damaged, an underground cable was broken, and several workmen were thrown to the ground, but unhurt. But, like, a ball lightning came to a school and, like, whacked a teacher with a phone. I think what happened is, like, it hit, like, the power line or something and then through the phone and through the wires that Mm -hmm. people were touching. Like, they got shocked and then thrown back. Probably. But I do like the image of just this ball, like, rolling around, like, saying hi to a mailman, traveling along some wire. Hop into a school, jump through a phone, and just smack a teacher with it. Like, if that was actually what happened, that probably was some of those students' like most memorable day at school. Probably, but I'm pretty sure this is why we have surge protectors on everything now. Probably. You're not wrong. Now, this one is an earlier fictional reference to ball lightning, and it appears in a children's book set in the 19th century by Laura Ingalls Wilder. The books are considered historical fiction, but the author always insisted they were descriptive of actual events in her life. Because she wrote about her and her family. Yeah, I read most of those guys. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard of her until this, but... Anyway, in Wilder's description, three separate balls of lightning appear during a winter blizzard near a cast iron stove in the family's kitchen. They are described as appearing near the stovepipe, then rolling across the floor, only to disappear as the mother, Carolyn Ingalls, chases them with a willow branch broom. (laughs) I don't know, but it's still like... Like, it almost seems like these things might be alive 
in some of these things with how they seem to behave. Yeah. I wonder if that was... Because uh, the, there's a couple of books. So, like, she wrote The Little House on the Prairie books. Like, that. that's Laura Ingalls uh-huh. Wilder. If you remember those shows and the books mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. So, there is one where she's actually in Wisconsin. And they move out west to the prairie and everything. And I wonder if that one was one of the later books. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure I would have really paid attention if this was what was described but I didn't really well I was reading those books I wasn't exactly motivated to retain most of them because it was like assigned reading and stuff yeah wasn't that middle school yeah it was middle school gotcha now a little even more recently pilots in world war ii described an unusual phenomenon for which bald lightning has been suggested as an explanation the pilots saw small balls of light moving in strange trajectories, which came to be referred to as Foo Fighters. So these little lights during World War II inspired a band name. Like, spelled the same and everything. Also, they're probably suggested that it could have just been, like, UFOs. Like, I'm seeing a lot of things that could be just described as, like, UFO sightings. But it could also be ball lightning. But still. Also, it's not just pilots who saw them. Submariners in World War II gave the most frequent and consistent accounts of small ball lightning in the confined submarine atmosphere. They are, there are repeated accounts of inadvertent production of floating explosive balls when the battery banks were switched in or out, especially if misswitched or when the highly inductive electrical motors were misconnected or disconnected. An attempt later to duplicate those balls with a surplus submarine battery resulted in several failures and an explosion. But, yeah. People in submarines saw more of these ball lightning things than pilots did. So it's crazy. Now, on... August 6th of 1944, a ball of lightning went through a closed window in Uppsala, Sweden, leaving a circular hole about 5 centimeters in diameter. The incident was witnessed by residents in the area and was recorded by a lightning strike tracking system on the Division of Electricity and Lightning Research at Uppsala University. So... Somebody tracking lightning also picked this up, but it just went through a window and left a hole in the window. So it's it's just, this happens all over the place. Like it's been India and a fair amount in the U.S. as well as England, but Russia, Sweden, Germany, Australia, this is everywhere. It's not like to one set thing. Now this one's a little bit more inward in Europe, but in 1954, Domokos Tar, a physicist, observed a lightning strike during a heavy thunderstorm in Budapest. A single bush was flattened into the wind. Some seconds later, a speedy rotating ring, cylinder type thing, appeared in the shape of a wreath. 
The ring was about five meters away from the lightning impact point. The ring's plane was perpendicular to the ground and in full view of the observer. The outer inner diameters were about 60 and 30 centimeters, respectively. So like 60 feet or 60 centimeter wide on its outer edge, and then like with it being a ring, the inner edge was 30 centimeters wide diameter, so... It's about, it's about a 30-centimeter-wide ring itself, but spinning. Now, the ring rotated quickly, about 80 centimeters above the ground. It was composed of wet leaves and dirt and rotated counterclockwise. After seconds, the ring became self-illuminated, turning increasingly red, then orange, yellow, and finally white. The ring cylinder thing at the outside was similar to a sparkler. In spite of the rain, many electrical high-voltage discharges could be seen. After some seconds, the ring suddenly disappeared and simultaneously the ball lightning appeared in the middle. So where that middle part was, where the ring is, say that 30 centimeter diameter thing, that's just where the ball appeared in the middle of it. Initially, the ball had only one tail, and it rotated in the same direction as the ring. It was homogeneous and showed no transparency. In the first moment, the ball hovered motionless, but then began to move forward on the same line with a constant speed of about one meter per second. It was stable and traveled at the same height in spite of the heavy rain and strong wind, after moving about 10 meters, it suddenly disappeared without any noise. So this is like very like in-depth observation of what happened. But that's because he was a physicist, really focusing on it. Now, really recently, in 2005, an incident occurred in Guernsey. I don't know where Guernsey is where an apparent lightning strike on an aircraft led to multiple fireball sightings on the ground. So that's more of just like lightning fireballs somewhere near Guernsey. Even more recently than that, we only got one more after this, on 10th of July 2011, during a powerful thunderstorm, a ball of light with a 2-meter tail which I think, like, the ball is, while it's moving, the tail behind it is, like, two meters long. I think that's what they mean by tail, sort of like how comets have tails. Or maybe just a lightning strike with a ball of lightning leading it. Maybe. I'm not exactly sure what they mean by the tail, but we'll... Anyway, moving on. We went through a window to the control room of a local emergency service in Liberec in the Czech Republic. The ball bounced from window to ceiling, then to the floor and back, where it rolled along for two or three meters. It then dropped to the floor and disappeared. The staff present in the control room were frightened, smelled electricity and burned cables, and thought something was burning. The computers froze, not crashed, and all communications equipment was knocked out for the night until restored by technicians. 
Aside from damages caused by disrupting the equipment, only one computer monitor was destroyed. So pretty recent, and it still happens. In a hospital, of all places. And lastly, on the 15th of December in 2014, flight BE-6780, a Saab 2000 plane, in the UK experienced ball lightning in the forward cabin just before lightning struck the aircraft nose. So pilot, co-pilot, saw this ball in the cockpit. Or I, I guess they aren't really specific with just the forward cabin, so it would be probably either the cockpit or like first class, because aren't they at the front? Depends on the plane where oh, first okay. class is. But okay. I mean, smaller planes typically, yeah, if they're a larger plane, they'll be like on the upper floor. Hmm. Fair enough. Towards the front of the plane. It just showed up and then the nose was struck by lightning. So, but yeah, like this has happened a lot. It's been recorded quite a bit. If you see a ball of light during a thunderstorm, it might be one of these. Doesn't matter what color. If it's just a ball and it's just doing stuff. Could be ball lightning, so be careful. Well, that is all I have on ball lightning today, Audie. Nice, very nice. All right, so... Uh, we will see you guys then next week and hope you guys have a good week and weekend. Yeah, we're excited. I'm getting, getting pumped. So we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to message us, please do so by emailing us at violinvice at gmail.com or visiting Facebook and Instagram at violinvice podcast or Twitter at violinvice. That's B-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E, no ampersands here. Or you can give us a once-off donation using PayPal or Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash B-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky story.